Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're your top. Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docu-series. Yes, but through our own lens, which is a little peppery, a little salty, a little bitter, but at the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet. Hi! Hello. We are pumped to give you this Harry and Megan Volume 2, Episode 1, which is considered val- Episode 4. <laughs> yes. Um, so when we begin this, um, this is actually... These last three episodes is where I started to feel for Harry and Meghan in a way where I'm not as sarcastic about them being love and in love, love, to love the lovely love loves. Uh, but they still try to beat us over the head with it in the latter episode, which fine. So in the beginning of this one, we see a very old timey uh, video recording of Queen Elizabeth and Philip's wedding. And then we see um, Charles and Diana's wedding because they're setting us up for Megan and Harry's wedding. So um, she gets told by someone in the palace that, you know what, the royal family is like an organism. Like, you know, when things first come, there's a little bit of recklessness and they don't like change, but then all of a sudden it adapts and it becomes stronger, like a virus. That's why you always give a little bit of virus into like a flu shot. You always get a little bit of that virus in there so that the white blood cells know what to do and attack it. And so that when the bigger virus comes, you know, they, it just makes the, the the body stronger. So Megan is very, very hopeful, but she's feeling the stress and the pain at this time. So it's their wedding day and all she can remember wanting is just like mimosas, champagne, and then listening to the song, go into the chapel and we're gonna get married. Go into the chapel and we're gonna get married. Yep. I did it the third time. It's very hard to just go ahead and live stream. uh, What's the word? Harmonize. You try and do it. So yeah, like, you know, again, Megan, I get it and I love it. And she's like, yes, honey, I'm going to wear that white and we're going to the chapel and it's like the thing. And what she'll never say is also like, unlike my first wedding where I didn't get to wear white and I didn't sing going to the chapel. We yeah. didn't sing mimosas that day. No, it was a cold day. We, yeah. drank, we drank coffee, you know, like, okay. You know, like there's just, the thing about it is they were part of like this whole ass company, let's say, and then they left the company. And then I feel like they want us to, buy into their new company but i wasn't even into the old company <laughs> so i'm definitely not going to be like 100 percent into this new you know what i'm saying it's like yeah i want to tell you i was i'm an american i don't even care about the royal family like that much you know so like i don't a lot care about you and you want 
me to care so much about you. Like, I, I would rather you come to this place of like, no one should care about us. We're just gonna live our lives and then go live your lives. But like, then I don't have to like watch six parts of this. But we're doing it. We're talking about it. Here we are. Yeah. So like, she never talked about her, her, her past wedding, you know, or her like past marriage. Everything is gonna be out, be about the narrative of how victimized they felt and why they had to leave and now why they're doing this, why they had to also tell their story and how Meghan Markle is Diana incarnate. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I truly do think that they have some points to make, and I don't think they're absolutely wrong in wanting to do this and clear the air because I think they're trying to create themselves, um, you know, unlike Big Ed, as socialites. Like they really are, they're trying to like create a space for themselves in which we, as the American public specifically, sees them as the Beyonce, Jay-Z, the Serena and her husband who owns Reddit. <laughs> Mr. Serena. Mr. Serena, oh, uh, Olympia. <laughs> What's his name? Alexis, Alexis Olymp o Olympian. Girl, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we need to see them as that. And so this is what this is a PR for. Um, because I mean, in the latter episodes, and I don't know about this episode, but in the latter episodes, I mean, we they absolutely get the like nod from the king and queen of America of black America. And we'll talk about who the king and queen of black America is later on. Um, and I, I was sold. I mean, as soon as, as soon as these characters entered the space, I was like, Oh, okay. I have to like them now. <clears throat> so wow. It, yeah. It, it, I mean, they, those two characters are the king and queen of black Americans. And it, what they say happens is what's happening now. It's like a whole, there's a whole court and we'll go into that. So um, we've got Idris and Serena and George Clooney and Oprah and Beckham. They're all at the wedding. I remember the wedding. It's like, you know, they had a gospel choir and I was like, oh, that's cute. That's the first time I saw her mother. And I was like, oh, her mother's black, black with dreads. Like, oh my God. Like, you know, looking at Megan, you would not think her mother was like black, black. You would think her mother was just like Jabri's mother. Oh, I did that. I did it. And it was terrible. I shouldn't have done it. I can't define someone's blackness i take it back no i know uh, I, I know okay but I, in this moment i hearing you i just yes there's i <clears throat> megan talks a lot in this documentary herself about passing or not passing and how her agent didn't even know that she was like half black or whatever and so um i i guess i can see where you're coming from that you didn't realize her her mom was at all yeah so <laughs> No, I'm blinking because of like, you know, to to those Patreon people who would understand what I mean, which is no one. Um, so anyways, so Charles ends up walking her down the aisle because her father, we just found out is an absolute like he is not showing up. He is talking to tabloids. He's doing things that he should not do. Also, her father's living in Mexico at this time. So it's like, what's that? What's that backstory? So then we have this whole narrative where I'm like, I wrote in big caps, they found each other and they love each other. Oh my God, they're so in love. And at the altar, um, at the altar, Charles organized like the gospel choir. So like Charles, daddy, Prince Charles was like, oh, I can get you a gospel choir. Don't worry. <laughs> he did. We will, we will we will scour the land for the great <laughs> British gospel singers and we, we got them all. Americans. Americans. Yes. That was confusing because then he said, okay, you said they're Americans. I didn't know for sure they're Americans because then he said, or they then formed the Royal Blobbity Blue. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, he just got black gospel singers that are British. And then I didn't think they were Amer American. Yeah, no. So 
I mean, maybe some of them were British or from like different places around the world, but gospel music is specifically black American church music. So for it to be a gospel choir, we have to assume that majority of them were black American. Okay. Which is a great question. I just want to, I just want to, cause I am so ignorant. So yeah, there's not like, there, there aren't a lot of like Baptist churches in Britain is what you're saying. No, maybe. there might be right. There might be, but when you say you've gotten a gospel choir, I know there's gospel choirs like in South Africa, like there's gospel choirs all throughout um, mm-hmm. because I think, but it, it is, it is formed from the descendants of black yeah. slavery. <laughs> that is what gospel is. It is the music of African-Americans who are a descendant of the American slave trade in the United States. Um, so it happens everywhere, but you know, I mean, it happens in Nigeria. I honestly feel like the Nigerian has a lot of gospel choirs too. So what I'm saying is he collected people from around the world who sing gospel music and formed this, this group. Um, so he's, like, he's charming when he wants to be charming, honey, mm-hmm. Charles is Charles. I mean, he's charming, mm-hmm. charming, you know, like he walks down the aisle, you know, like as a, in place of the dad, you know, and um, obviously arranged the choir. And so the nuggets of them, illuminating who brought them strife and who didn't is very interesting yeah okay it really is interesting so um do you know that song do you know that song did you know the land of a thousand dances song like once they actually sang it i was like oh that song but when they first said land of a thousand dances i was like what the hell song is land of a thousand dances i don't even know i wrote that down i have no idea what that reference i I watched it's like that like do you like oh do the walk and it's like there's a song that they sang it yeah do it sing it so i know what you're talking about i cannot it's like i those words actually don't know it that's why um you know the rhythm of it she's moving on but one thing that was annoying (laughs) to me is that i love you know they love their love totally but then they were also like you know like love wins and they would just like hash they she would like end texts to her friends saying love wins when i was like oh to me, when you say love wins, you are talking about LGBT members getting the right to marry in America. Hashtag love wins. Like that specifically felt very like, oh, that's what, yeah, it's love wins. Hashtag love wins when LGBTQ members got. Well, I mean, listen, it's not like they get the the, the right to marry everywhere. But you know what I'm saying? Like, remember that moment on hash, on Twitter? I don't know. Does Twitter still exist? Why? Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting. I didn't think of that at all. Um, so yeah, she really does feel like the world is stopping her and Harry from loving each other in the way that they want to. And I, I mean, it's very American and it's very privileged, right? Like it's, it's very, those two things, but it's her perspective. And so like, again, I feel like maybe I'm making excuses because the King and Queen of black Americans said that we have to like Megan. So please do not trust anything that I'm saying. Okay. Don't trust me because I, I am in line. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I, I've, I've, I'm in queue. Like they told me to get in line and I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, listen, but I mean. Oh, no, God. I listen, Chris, say the thing because I now have no separate thought <laughs> anymore. Um, so then Oprah comes to their cottage and she's like, no, nobody would leave, believe that you guys live in this shithole. <laughs> Nobody would ca, 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 ca. nobody would ever believe this. Um, it's really confusing that they're like Oprah came to the cottage, but then when it came time for like them to interview with Oprah, Oprah like had to go through the royal court to talk to them, which is crazy that as an African American abroad, you would not have Oprah on speed dial. Like the moment, the moment I join any 
uh, aristocracy around the world, I know that Oprah is going to contact me and I'm going to be like, hi, ma'am. And I'm going to cry the entire conversation because I'm going to be like, you, I watched you. Like, these are two people that I'm going to cry when they, if I ever were to meet Whoopi Goldberg and Oprah Winfrey, I will not be okay. Yeah. I will not be okay. I won't be able to talk to them. I'm going to sit there crying like Miss Seeley in the corner. Yeah. It is, <laughs> it is what it is. So anyways, um, she gets to their house and they have good times with the queen after their marriage. Everything is good. Then they go to some place called Grinfeld. And then there's, oh no, Grinfeld is a place like a, a projects, I think, like a tall ass apartment building that gets on fire and Megan jumps in. She's in the soup kitchen. She's there helping the women. Um, there are women from different cultures. I see a Somali woman, a, um, a Muslim woman. Yeah, so, okay, so what ends up happening is, okay, yeah, I remember this specifically. Yes, a building catches on fire, and all of the tenements of that building now live in hotels. They can't cook for themselves. So what Megan does is she goes into a local mosque, and she arranges for that mosque to now give their kitchens over to the women, who then now create a community at the mosque where women are going and cooking all day long, like women do in different cultures all the time. And they're talking and they're conversing and it feels very much like home. So from that, then Megan then is like, okay, we'll take these cultures and these women and these, and these recipes, we'll create a cookbook and be able to sell the cookbook. And the, the cookbook it becomes like a national bestseller. At one point, one woman's like, we kicked JK Rowling off the list. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, what a great thing she did. So she's like creating her own road. She's like, sees a problem and she attacks it and she like creates revenue for this situation. And the women are very, very appreciative of her and her efforts. And she's taken, instead of the Royal family sort of seeing this as like, a, Oh, good. Like, this is the thing that we need PR wise. They start to get weirded out that she's becoming more popular. And so then she goes on this tour, her and Harry, and they've got 72 engagements and she realizes that she's pregnant. So they make an announcement while they're on the road. And um, when they get to Australia, whatever happens in Australia becomes like a real turning point. And it is very clear that they have surpassed the queen in their popularity. And it's like, again, they're making that parallel to Princess Diana and how popular she was. And the palace began to have some hateration in their dancery. And um, so, because there's this idea that no one should truly be bigger than the queen. So then they start to like pump out, like all of a sudden Daily Mail starts to like put out like news or fake news as Donald Trump would say and all kinds of stuff. And they're just like, and the, and Harry and Meghan are like, where are they getting this information from? One of the things, and this is something that I vividly remember is that Meghan made Kate cry. And let me tell you, when I heard this, I was like, that is wow. They are just trying to make this woman seem like she done made this white lady cry. That is to me, that was a dog whistle of like, oh, they want to make her seem like this um, this angry woman. Now, I couldn't pinpoint if it was racial or not because looking at Megan at the time, I was like, but she looks like one of them. So why would they make it about her race? But now we realize that that was just the beginning of the dog whistling. And for those of you guys who don't know what dog whistling is, dog whistling is when um, it's like a microaggression, is when something happens and somebody makes a comment or does something that only people of a certain who are affected by it truly understand the meaning because they're the only person that can hear the racial undertone in the statement. So the same thing with the dog whistle, right? It's a loud sound that only dogs can hear, um, which is racist in itself. 
I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Uh, yep. Yeah. No, I yeah. Very racist. So, um, oh, yeah. So basically, it's you know, there's also going to be undercuts of Diana in this. How Diana was perceived. How. There are parallels to Diana's popularity and how the media came at Diana. And, you know, and so, and this will, of course, continue as it has already throughout the documentary to A, cement the fact that Harry is her son and also B, that their experience is is shaped from her horrible, tragic circumstance and how Megan is somewhat like her. So um, now they keep saying that these offices are against each other and it's kind of like a weird, vague, nefarious thing. Like whose offices it's like William and Kate's. It feels like it's William and Kate's because what's also described to us is at one point, you know, William and Kate and um, Harry and Megan's all their media team was together was. And then, and as we see, they're being now split apart and, and people have to, in order to get a good story in by one, they kind of like feed negative shit about the other to the media, you know, and it's all about who's getting a front page, good publicity and two or whatever. So it's, it's, it makes me feel like kind of that other people were playing. Like if, if Megan and Harry are getting good publicity and it's coming from the same media team as William and Cake. Like, I was con- a little confusing of when they're, like, pointing fingers and who they're actually pointing fingers at, other than also the monstrosity of, like, the media game. I mean, it's it's, conf- it's a little bit confusing. So, um, one thing, though, besides the fact that, like, when they media starts going in on Megan is also calling her difficult, you know, that she demands a lot, that she wants a lot, that, like, it's it's an, it's impossible to you know deal with her or whatever, and uh, that aides are you know either scared of her or whatnot. Um, we also then get reintroduced to one of Megan's friends. Now this woman is a woman that we had re- uh, that we had met like episode one or two that they were like drinking tea at Birdoff's, okay, or whatever. And this woman's name is what is it? Wa? It's Silver Tree. So Silvertree is sitting somewhere in New York and watching how our best friend's getting trampled in British media. And so Silvertree is like, you know, I felt really bad about it. So I called up my friend and my friend just happened to be, use the words, just happened to be editor-in-chief of People. So they just decided to come together, all of Megan's friends, like, and write a story about how great she is to people to, like, counteract some of the negative shit. Now we'll say that Megan also discusses some of the mental health um, where that these stories also had on her. So her friends also wanted to help her, but I feel like about silver tree makes me feel like she is a very industry type person that is in the know and wants to be horribly at the center of all things hip and trendy and has her whole life and will continue her whole life to like be at the absolute epicenter of it. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people are like that. I get it, you know, and we all have like flashes, but there's something about her vibe that's so like that, that I'm like, Megan, you're trying to get away from that look. You know what I'm saying? Like the hints of Megan that like are the actress, right? That all that wants to be famous, right? Like the parts of her that like have wanted fame or wanted something exists because those parts of her exist and those parts of other people exist. They, this 
documentary also is trying to give her the humanity relatable aspect that was, I think she feels maybe taken away from her because her story was dictated by the media of either being like from Compton or like a money grabbing gold digger, you know what I'm saying? And so, or a, I'm trying to think of like what British media thinks of Megan, that she like has Harry wrapped around her finger, blah, 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 all of these things. So in that, I don't know if Silver Tree gives the energy that like Megan would really, I think, benefit from. But Silver Tree not only like gets her, you know, this people cover story where everyone's like, we love Megan, but also in like uh throws her, you know, baby shower later. Throws her a baby shower in NYC and the and Serena's there and everybody else there I don't care about. And so <laughs> the media takes this and they're just like she had an expensive baby shower and i'm like do we not know who throws the baby shower it's not the people she didn't use the people's money her friends threw her a, a fancy ass baby shower and why should she not have one i know that part's weird why were was she supposed to have a stink a, like a state sanctioned stink whatever like a royal baby shower like where no one sees it and like it's just like paid for by taxpayers money and there's just some tea why would they assume that she paid for her baby shower? It's wild that that was the the thing that was on the cover of the of the Daily Mail. And then um, she, <clears throat> uh, so then she gets back to the UK and she decides to have her baby in a different manner. She's under a lot of stress. So normally you have your baby at this hospital and you come out directly. I mean, after the moment the placenta is pushed out. You are put a diaper on and you have to go and parade yourself in front of these people. And so, and the people being the media and like these weirdos who are standing outside this hospital. And so they opt out of it and they go, you know, we're going to do it two days later. This is a really hard pregnancy. She's a geriatric pregnancy. I didn't, they didn't say that, but I just said it because she is. Um, that's how they told me. Isn't it terrible? You're over 35 and they call you a geriatric pregnancy. But anyway, so she's over 35. This is a geriatric preg pregnancy. And they're over here like, oh no, she needs to come out right away. And because she did that different, they were like, oh, she's so demanding. She's so this. Then somebody decides, and this is what they did a lot of times during the Obama administration, is to drop a picture of a chimp being led out of a hospital. And they're trying to like, oh, this, this wasn't supposed to be racist. And I'm like, come on, come on, come on, come here, come here. Let me show you what racism is. This is racism. Um, so her mom ended up staying with them for a month and then they had to hire a nanny. And girl, we see this nanny. This nanny is like, how do I be the nanny of a prince? She's like, but don't worry, I, I got it. I had questions in the beginning, but then I figured it out. So she went to the house and she basically helped them and they love this nanny. Now, I never understand, I don't, why, did, why is she no longer nannying for them? I don't know, but I want to know. Um, <laughs> she was their former nanny. I wonder if she was only British based. Oh, maybe that's true because then they had to leave. Um, so then this nanny got there and really helped them. She jumped into being a mother. And then they went to South Africa when he was four months years old to start like doing their thing again. And um, the, the royal people greenlit a documentary. Um, and it was like, hashtag we love you, Megan. Like everybody was in love with her. I don't know what I'm saying. I know. So let me... <laughs> Okay, the Okay, so they go on the South Africa uh, trip, and yes, the the royal palace allows the documentary crew to like follow them around. You know, there's like a journalist there. That happens a lot because they're like diplomats, right? Ever God bless. And so there's gonna be some footage and some interviews to like show this, and maybe the doc, and maybe it's like for the archives, and they can use that content for all the bullshit or whatever. Okay, so while that's happening, that's happening, whatever. Randomly, one journalist is like Megan, like just like 
quick quick confessional part you know like we know these docuseries like you know you have to scan to the side and like some like you know blurry background and like remark about whatever it is so she, they just got her and she was like i was just like no you know i like, didn't check my makeup just was like okay and so they brought her to the side they're like hey megan how you doing and she's like no one's ever asked me that oh um well this is it's really 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 hard i would say i would say i know that it can be very difficult because that's what i've heard and, and in fact yeah i know it's it's hard to go through and he's like so not okay and she's like not okay it's okay so then that footage by the time they get on the plane that clip gets put to the media and it's like duchess megan markle in new clip released is not okay she's not doing good guys you know and so then from that there is like a nice media love outpouring for her where she says that they people use the hashtag we love megan which we love you megan which is what wa thought the documentary was called which is hilarious <laughs> to me. we love you megan and so you know like listen obviously the media is shitty and obviously that and it sucks and the parts of the documentary that make me feel like oh i wish that things had worked out are when there are people like from the commonwealth or the british people that are like people of color or black people who are like i get to see a, a version of me or representation or make her make me happy or like i got to you know the prince is born like oh one of us or whatever one of us what you know, whatever all of that makes me happy when we get to see her you know helping women i'm like oh i just yeah i fucking wish that megan with all of her training and all of her like you know set smarts could have like walked into this use what she had um you know also bring to her story her like she's a you know person of color you know she's she has a and be able to transform the monarchy from a very old-fashioned archaic system to perhaps at least a figurehead that can be in the modern world that represents people that also won't be taken be can be easily taken down by just the basic fact that i mean people of color are going to like outnumber white people in america very soon i can't you know it's just like whatever it is it's like let's just things are different okay so having said all of that <clears throat> she could have been an incredible asset to bridge the fact that this monarchy has ruled over people of color for centuries there could have been this moment of like walls being broken down and divides being taken down and an evolution as people who have progressed and understand how history has worked and who all look at it from a place of reflection empathy you know like and then from that work towards a like a cohesive future for not just the four of them and they're like kids but the fact that you know they're gonna fucking rule over people forever how for for I don't know, maybe a couple more years, but truly who knows, but probably at least a couple more years. So yeah, that part makes me sad to see the fact that like Megan would have been a great fit. And even in the small moments of being in Christmas and having her like maybe talk to Kate Middleton for a second. And when I look at them and like, I'm just like, what if these two bad bitches were friends? 
And what if their kids were like cousins and they just like to hung out all the time? And what if these two fucking brothers who like have been through literal war together and their mom died and everything? Like, what if things, although it's not going to be perfect and things are going to be messy and women are going to cry, especially in a family members, women will make other family members cry period for the rest of their lives in every family. You know what I'm saying? Like I've cried. I made people cry. Like none of the, all of that is like normal ass shit. It's unfortunate that the family themselves aren't strong enough to come again, to come against whatever royal aides and whatever fucking press people that like, you know, yeah, don't have their best interests at heart and don't have their family interests at heart. Yeah, they're derisive. They're all of their their offices are derisive, and I know that they're put in place in order to keep kind of to keep things in order. But could you imagine? Like if the presidencies never went away and all it was, was your cabinet and your offices just fighting your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids. And it's just, so what it is, is like, it's a, it's a real call. The reason, reason why they don't need to be a Royal family to begin with. Like they just need to, nobody believes that they are divine beings chosen by God to rule the land anymore. So they're unnecessary at this point. And especially the way that they're not actually a family. That once you get to a certain age, you have an office of AIDS that manages how y'all talk to each other and how you guys present to the media. That's wild that they don't have one centralized group to manage them because then you wouldn't have this family backstabbing. So everyone falls in love with Megan when they realize that she's going through some real issues. And Harry even says that when she first told him, his response was a very royal response that he was just like, well, you just got to suck it up, buttercup. We'll get through this. Don't worry. I love you. Like, let's move on. And he regrets having made that decision. Um, and so they, this is where they started to think about like, maybe we don't need to live in the UK. Like maybe we need to take a step back and not a full step back, but just a little step back and maybe some financial step backs because they're starting to be held responsible for shit based on the fact that they, they, the people run them because they get paid by the people. So we start to talk a little bit more of that as they, as we move on, but it's gotta be really hard for her. And, um, like he had to make a choice and I think he chose correctly personally. All right, you guys. Yeah, I mean, the truth of the matter is what we can take from this is that your everyone's life is what they choose to make of it. And then you have your set of circumstances and his are extraordinary. And, and, and it's your life is what you choose. You, you can change it at any given time, you know, and we'll see how they, they do my loves. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. We are excited to do the rest of this volume two slash episode five and six of Harry and Megan, if you haven't yet. Also on Netflix is Killer Sally. And if you want to watch, honey, another woman kill a whole thing. Just kidding. <laughs> watch Killer Sally, uh, which is actually a very interesting, a very interesting docuseries. We enjoyed that as well. Um, of course, we also have Love During Lockup and 90 Day Fiance. We're following the tell-alls are happening in the 90 Day world. I don't know if you're in that world, honey, but it's very, very big. And it's loud. And that's what's happening. If you would like to follow us, you can on Instagram. We are DocuSweeties. We are also DocuSweeties on TikTok and DocuSweeties1 on Twitter. And we also have this cool thing where you can see our faces. How well? 
You could do that on patreon.com slash docusweeties. It's $10 mm -hmm. a month. You get a monthly live, which we're doing in the next five minutes for those of you who are on Patreon. And um, you also get content immediately. So right now, Killer Sally is available on Patreon. Um, we're going to put out Harry and Megan, and then you'll see Killer Sally sometime in the month of July. Killer Sally, Killer Killer, killer, Sally. killer Sally's time in the month of July. Um, and then, you know, you'll get all that tea, but go ahead and watch it. Killer Sally. It's great. So, um, thank you guys so much for joining us. We hope that you will join us on Patreon $10 a month. Again, I said, and we love you so much and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Oh, into the